And so over the month, uh, you know, John, Jonathan obviously took a little bit of a different direction than what we were doing, which is totally cool, totally fine. But I was trying to figure out what's my segue from what he's doing back into where, we, where I left off kind of thing, you know. Um, so I decided to, to kind of give a recap, to kind of bring us back up to speed with uh, where we are. Um, also, you know, I, you may notice I don't have a cameraman tonight because I don't move around very much, but uh, <laughs> oh, praise God. Jonathan just said he wasn't going to move around very much until about, I don't know, five minutes into his message, and yeah, we got to see everything. It was pretty cool. We, uh, I really began to think back on this over the course of the last couple of days uh, in recapping where our journey so far. And we started this journey on Sunday morning, June 14th of 2020. And that was, in fact, our, our return to service. That was our first service back, where you may remember that you might think I should maybe preach something other than what Jesus wants us to know about end times on our first service back. But that's actually when we got started. It was our first time back after a three-month break. Uh, because of COVID-19. And through it all, um, we kept hammering this, that we live by faith and not by fear. I wish I could get a better amen. All right. Uh, that we live by prayer and not by panic. Can I get a better amen? And that we will not worry because we know who we worship. Amen. Now, I got a statement that I say all the time. Y'all know what it is. Keep your your knees bent to heaven, your body in the house of God. You're going to have a new one now. I'll keep saying that until I can't talk anymore. Diane is looking forward to that day, I must admit. But, uh, and that is, you know, we live by faith. I'm going to live by faith and not by fear. No matter what happens in life, and I'm not talking about COVID or any of that other stuff. I'm just talking about whatever happens in life because we all face stuff. Right on? Uh, and I'm not going to have uh, fear because I have faith. I'm not going to panic because I know how to pray. Amen. And I'm not going to worry because I know who. I didn't say I know how. I said I know who I worship. Amen. Uh, and so I kind of was looking back on things and I wanted to read to you an excerpt from that first sermon. Okay. Everybody with me? All right. Here we go. The rapid advancement of fear and caution about being close to another human being is startling and quite frankly in opposition to God's plan and his design for humans. The truth or lack thereof about coronavirus, because at that time it was still, is it real? Is it made up? Has created an aura of deception that fuels conspiracy theories to no end. That's really where we were at. I'm recapping. I'm taking us back to where we started. And I'm in a few steps. I'm going to get us to where we're at today. Is that all right? The shutdown of houses of worship. And I can tell you, after three months, I was mad. Come on, somebody. Now, I was, I was glad that our church was in such a position that nothing, we didn't have a hiccup. There just wasn't bodies in the house of God. We just kept doing what we were doing. But it came before them like, oh, come on. It's time to come back, amen? So the shutdown of houses, so there might have been a little, uh, not anger, but frustration in that message that morning. I was ready to get out 
right? So uh, the shutdown of houses of worship and the attack on personal freedom, it, freedoms is only the beginning of the government's encroachment on our freedoms and our liberties. And I'm not trying to, I'm not going back, I'm just recapping. I'm not going back to 2020. We're not camping at that mountain. We quit that at the beginning of 2021. Amen? Amen. Praise God. But I think that one of the things that can happen in human tendency is to get accustomed to things, get used to things, start calling things that aren't normal, normal. And when you get used to things and comfortable things and accustomed to things, you go from here to you let your guard down. And as a pastor, the one thing I'm not going to let any of us do is let our guard down. Now, we don't live by fear, do we? Because we live by what? And we don't have to panic. Why? We know how to pray. And we don't have to worry. Why? We know who we worship. Right on? And so uh, we don't have to be uh, fearful of anything, but I think it's still important that we consider the words of Christ when he said, be alert, stay, you know, stay awake, uh, be diligent, uh, keep, your, keep your guard up. Uh, and that's what we got to do. Uh, this is a part of the excerpt. God has been dealing with my heart for weeks on this subject. He's been prompting me, even provoking me to prepare his people for the days ahead. As a pastor, I have a responsibility for the souls of the people he's asked me to shepherd. It is my intent to preach and teach on end times. There's no way I can do justice to this subject. I don't think anybody can ever do justice to the subject. What I am praying is that what I will say and what I will teach will be so coded with so much of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that it will cause the Word to penetrate our hearts. We watched our church grow. Uh, actually, we grew a lot uh, in the shutdown time online with the online uh, church, so to speak. And then we began to see people come to our church. And in part, I think maybe the initial response was because their churches were still shut down. Or maybe there was a part of it where they realized that what they were getting at their church wasn't fulfilling their entire spiritual need. And they were looking... They, I, I had one family in particular, I won't point them out, uh, they, they met me at the door. I was out there greeting on a Wednesday night like I was doing, and they didn't meet me with a hello, they didn't meet me with a how, how are you doing, they met, me, they met me with a, we've been stalking you on YouTube. I'm like, oh, brother, what's just showed up at the house of God? But uh, praise God, that family's still with us, and, uh, but they were hungry for more. And there were so many other people that I think is still the case. Um, let me go on. I'm praying that it will prompt, prod, provoke, and encourage you to make a decision for Jesus Christ. I believe that it will inspire and motivate you to quit riding the fence between the world and God. It's time to come out of the valley of decision and choose this day whom you will serve. Amen. Amen. Now, this was uh, in June, June 14th of 2020. Uh, this is something we could speak uh, the, the entire rest of our ministry and of those that, that, are, that are preaching and preach this kind of message. Because the days of living, and I'm back to the, the excerpt, on the fence are over. But here's what happens. When people begin to grow accustomed, comfortable, used to things, acclimated, 
Human tendency, I'm not talking about bad Christians, I'm talking about human tendency is to get back on the fence about a lot of things. And we don't want that to happen, do we? Uh, so the days of compromise are, are quickly closing. The days of serving self and your own dreams and your own desires over serving God and serving His will are at an end. Now, was that just for June 14th, 2020, or is it for today as well? It's for today. And we need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. I've had areas of my life where I've kind of grown accustomed to certain aspects of the new paradigm. We won't call it the new normalcy. Call it the new paradigm. So through it all, I've been hammering something, and that is we're going to live by faith and not by fear. We are going to live by prayer, and we're not going to panic. Amen? And we're not going to worry. Why? Tell me. Because we know who we worship. With that in mind, I want us to take a minute and worship just a little bit. Is that all right with everybody? Can we do that? You can stand, you can sit, you can march, you can, well, don't take a nap. That part you don't want to do. But I want you to think, you know, I got to this point. Again, I was, I was, re, I was sitting in my office, and I'm recapping, and I'm making that bridge between the, the marvelous job of what Jonathan did over the course of the, the, the four Wednesdays, I believe it was, um, to tonight. And I think that because of that statement, we will not fear, we'll have faith, we'll not panic, we will pray, because we know how to pray. And uh, we're not going to worry because we know who we worship. And worship sometimes, uh, many times, it should happen in our lives all the time, right? But there are times in our life when it's the darkest, when maybe we need to worship the most. I didn't say cry and go into a pity party, and, but to worship most. What's the great story about Paul and Barnabas in the recesses, uh, Paul and Silas, excuse me, Paul and Silas in the recesses of the prison having been beaten and in stocks and chains at the midnight hour. That doesn't just mean at the latest part of the night. That's the darkest part of the night. They begin to sing praises. And I don't know that I could, or I, I don't know that I know anyone who could go through everything that Paul and Silas went through and then at midnight go, hey, you want to sing a song? <laughs> but that's what they chose to do. They begin to praise, and then something took place, of course, is that the place began to shake, and, uh, uh, and, and the bars came, the doors came open, and everyone's shackles came off, amen, and every single person, to my knowledge, got saved. What a glorious, glorious thing, and so that's what, that's what this song has to say to us. I know that you are strong. I know you're more than able to save me from whatever ever comes my way. Did you hear that? Do you believe that? I know that no matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, he's able to see me through to another day. I wish somebody would give the Lord a praise. <laughs> praise God. That's all I'm singing of that song? No, Hopefully I get through it because I'm like, oh, this is so good. Praise God. 
I know that you are strong. I know you're more than able to save me from whatever ever comes my way. I know you are a healer. I know you can deliver. I know that you can rescue me. But even when I cannot see your hand, when you're moving away, that I would not have planned, still I will worship you. I will worship you in the midnight hour. I will worship you when I'm in the fire. I will worship you when all hope seems gone. And I will stand and proclaim that you are my God. I will worship you. Oh, I will worship you. I know that you are strong. I know you're more than able to save me from whatever ever comes my way. I know you are a healer. I know you can deliver. I know that you can rescue me. But even when I cannot see your hand, when you're moving away, that I would not have planned. Still, I will worship you. I will worship you. In the midnight hour, I will worship you. When I'm in the fire, I will worship you. When all hope seems gone, I will stand and proclaim that you are my God.
praise. Amen. praise. Amen. <laughs> praise God. Man, oh man, oh man. Mm, that's, a, that's a good response. Mm, mm, praise God. So, on July 1st, We kicked off our midweek services again. And in that first service, I had us all make a proclamation together. I wonder if, I wonder if anyone remembers what that proclamation was. Stand up, everybody, stand up. There we go. Praise God. Come on. Some of you may not have been here at that time, but we put our, I think we put our hand over our hearts, didn't we? And we made a proclamation and it went something like that. Jesus is coming back for me. Now let's do it right here. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus is coming back for me. Amen. You may be seated. Remember that? Isn't it good to kind of think back and reminisce a little bit about the journey? By August, however, we had shifted our focus from what does Jesus want us to know about the end times to preparing for the Lord's return, because that's ultimately what the Lord settled into my spirit, that what I'm doing 
isn't just speaking about end times. It isn't just an exposition of revelation. It isn't just a, 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 an exposition of the rapture and all the end time stuffs that we think about, but it's preparing the saints of God for the Lord's return. And that, honest to goodness, folks, is one of the primary responsibilities of any pastor. And so we started doing that. And we continued with our declaration, and we started looking at some of the, the signs. And I spoke to you all about the four major signs of the Lord's imminent return. Now, this was back in August of 2020. Here we are right now in March of 2021. And when we spoke of these four things back in August of 2020, they had significance and they had relevancy in our minds. But I will assure you that at this time, uh, in March of 2021, you're going to go, oh my word, has, have things escalated. <laughs> the first major sign of the Lord's return, his imminent return, is the removal of moral absolutes. Remember when I said that? Of course, it was a removal of the Word of God and the removal of Christ, removal of the commandments. Uh, I don't know if any of you could even reflect now over the course of the last few months and specifically where we're at right now after the election, whether what you may think about that after the election. We could all go, it's just getting worse in that respect. That was just one. The Removal of moral absolutes. Anything's okay, and that which is good we call bad, and that which is bad we call good, right? The second one was a widespread acceptance of homosexuality. Now, I said that in August of 2020, and here we are in March of 2021 after the election, and I wonder if anybody can see the rapid quantum leap that that has taken just since August of last year. The acceptance of the lifestyle of the sin of homosexuality. In every, it's even now to where it's, 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 there's no gender, right? There's no gender. You know, I won't say what Demi Lovato said, but it was a news report that Demi Lovato said that, and like I really care what Demi Lovato said, any of you who knew who Demi Lovato is, if you don't, well, it really doesn't matter. Um, she said, we should ban all gender reveals for pregnancies because boys actually have girls' parts and girls actually have boys' parts. And I'm thinking, and you are insane. <laughs> all right? But it, it's escalated so quickly and so rapidly that to me, it was mind-blowing then, but it's mind-blowing to, to me today to see the things and hear the things that I'm hearing. Widespread acceptance of homosexuality. Number three was the rise of false teachers. And there are so many false teachers out there today. And, and the Bible teaches us that the false teachers will come looking like Christ. He'll come as an angel of light and he will fool, if, he's, if possible, even the very saints of God. We've got to be very, very careful about who we're listening to and whose voices that we're feeding off of. That is so critical, brothers and sisters. I can't, that's a message that I could preach the rest of my life. Be, don't have too many voices in your life. 
and vet, vet the voices that you're listening to. Amen? And the fourth thing was that churches and ministries that were once on fire are now cold, dying, and or dead institutions. And it's an unfortunate thing. And I think that we're, I really do believe, and this is not a, an attestment to us, uh-uh. it's an attestament to Christ. It's not a, a, a braggadocia of res life. I'm going to brag on Jesus every day of the week. Amen. But people are going to come into this house. They're even going to watch our YouTube and other live streams, and they're going to feel the presence of God, and they're going to know that there's something here that they were not receiving before because they were in a dead environment, and they knew that they were dying on the vine. So what I did in that brief moment was I recapped what we really were passionate about back in August of last year, and let's not forget it. So I closed out that particular lesson with this following excerpt, and this is cut and pasted directly from that message. We must be sold out for Jesus Christ. There's no time for wavering, and there's no time for compromise. Jesus is coming soon, and we followed that. Stand up. Put your hand over your heart, and on the count of three, let's say it with conviction. One, two, three. Jesus is coming for me. Give the Lord a praise in the house. Amen. We talked a little bit about the rapture. We went through a couple of lessons there, the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation, just to name a few. And when we were on those subjects, I said, we're probably going to come back to them again because we certainly didn't exhaust them. There's way more to talk about. Coming into 2021, uh, we left that behind. Now, let me explain. You know, remember I said that the Lord spoke to me about we've been camping at this mountain too long. I think it was the first sermon in 2021, and that we can't consider moving forward into 2021 while we're still camping there. That's just saying, you know, we're, we're, we're going to move forward. That doesn't mean that we don't, we're not still aware of the things that took place in 2020 and that they don't still affect us somehow in our life, but we're not planning our future based on what was the plan then. Are you, are you following me? Amen? That's why we're a church that's going to continue to have services. Uh, We're going to continue to make room for as many people as we can possibly make room for. We're going to continue to abide by as many of the protocol standards as we can, uh, keeping people safe. I think that's only a good thing to do. Uh, I I know we've had a large group of people. I think 166 might have been the biggest number over the four months. But as we, uh, four months, well, maybe that's a prophecy. No, it's not a prophecy. <laughs> four weeks, four weeks. Joni's going, no, not going to happen. I don't think I could handle that much of Florida. But anyway, um, I don't believe that in this time we've actually exhausted our, the full potential of our space. Uh, I know that we're keeping about 75% in here, based 75% of the seats being filled with people, 75% of the seats out in the common area being filled. I don't think we have 75% of the youth room yet filled up, and I'm certain that we don't have 75% of the cafe yet filled up. We still have room for more people to come get the message and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? And then once all that fills up to 75%, you know God called us to be a multi-service church years ago. He spoke it to us. 
you're going to be a multi. Remember, Jonathan? We thought it looked different, but we know that we have to be ready at, the, at, the, um, at a moment's notice. It's time to make room for more people to come experience and encounter Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's what it's all about. So coming into 2021, we began to study the book of Revelation and specifically started a journey in talking about the seven letters that Christ wrote to the seven churches of Asia uh, from the book of Revelation chapter 2, verse, uh, chapter two and chapter 3. Uh, you know, we covered, so far we covered, just checking my time, oh good, uh, we covered Ephesus, we covered Smyrna, we covered Pergamum, we covered Thyatira, that's four of the seven. We have Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea remaining. And we will get to those. Uh, my plan, uh, that's my plan, if you ever want to watch God laugh, tell him your plans. <laughs> my plan is that we can get started back on that next Wednesday, but for tonight as we have already done even from the word go and as Jonathan led us so greatly into that song, One Thing Remains. I want us to lean into Jesus. And it's still, it's still early, honest to goodness. It's, it's what I looked at a minute ago. It's 20 to 8. We still have time. I want us to center our faith on him. Recalibrate. You know, even the highest technology often has to be recalibrated to get it back into optimum performance. Are you with me? Just gets off a little tweak, and a little tweak can mean devastation in many cases. And, and I believe, and even what, my TV, for example, it goes on a little glitch. What's the, what do I do? I unplug it to reboot it. It has to be rebooted. Uh, some of us have vehicles that need to be rebooted. My point being is that if we don't reboot, if we don't, you know, recalibrate, if we don't uh, in the old computers, maybe it's still in the PCs, defragment the files. Some of you remember defragging as a regular occasion with the computers. But it made the computer run so much better when you did that. It was some maintenance to recalibrate. And as people, we need that as well. We need those moments to recalibrate. I think the best place to recalibrate is in the presence of Jehovah. It's in the presence of God. I no, not just because I think about this, but because I've heard from others and about others that are just flat out weary with this whole COVID thing, tired, tired to the point of feeling the weight of it and discouragement and so many other things that, that um, the executive orders, the mask, oh my gosh, and distancing and 25% capacity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Etc. And as we can stand up here as often as we want and say, we're just sick. We're, we're over it. But there are some folks that are just, they're, they're depressed, down. And you know what they need? Recalibration. <laughs> rebooting. Rebooting in the presence of God. And so that's what we're going to do for uh, this next little bit. And um, which I think I'm kind of doing that with us now through this whole service. We're going to sing again. Um, notice I didn't say I'm going to sing for you. <laughs> I said we're going to sing again. And I'm going to bring back some older songs. 
as if the one from 1986, uh, I worship you, Almighty God, wasn't old enough. I'm going to go around that same time frame, I suppose, um, with a couple of choruses. And one in particular that came out of the Brownsville Revival uh, circa 1996. And um, I'll have a word or two to say about that uh, in just a moment. But I want us to finish tonight, these last few minutes, worshiping the great calibrator. The one who can put our bubble in the middle. Right on? We all need it in life. We need it in life. You know, Diane and I went through so many states and so many different things. And one state was different here and another one was different there. And you just never knew exactly. You know, go into one store and they didn't care whether you wore the mask or not. And then go into another one they stop you at the door and say, if you don't put it over your nose, you can't be in here. And then another wonderful store we went into where the guy was just groovy. That's not a play on words. Trust me, he was groovy. Probably high, but he was still groovy. <laughs> Praise God. Oh. In the presence of Jehovah. The broken. 
His holy presence. There is nothing like the presence of the Lord. In His presence, in His holy presence, all the weary can find perfect rest, the broken are restored. In the presence, in his holy presence, there is nothing like the presence of the Lord. There is nothing like the presence of Nothing like your presence, Lord. Nothing like your presence, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! <laughs> Praise God. Am I the only one feeling it? <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been in the presence of the Lord for 30 days, enjoying God and God speaking to my heart. I got 100 messages to preach. But it was time to recalibrate a little tonight. If you think about, remember I said I was going to do a song circa 1996 from Brownsville Revival. Any of you may remember that Pensacola Revival went on for... Did you go? Did you go? Yeah, I took our youth group down there. I went down with Pastor Randy, and I took our youth group down there. And, and uh, boy, we saw some stuff, let me tell you. And a lot of great songs came out of that time frame. And this song has actually been on my mind for several weeks. And maybe it's because if you think about all the stuff that's been stolen from us. The enemy, the enemy has played havoc on society, the enemy has played rough, has run roughshod over the church, and many churches have uh, laid down and accepted it as though this is their new norm. Some churches have spat in the face of everything, which I don't necessarily completely agree with, but I also recognize that there comes a point when you got to stand up in the face of Satan and say, no, you're not going to take this from me. Can I get a witness from somebody? So uh, we'll see if you remember this song once I get going here. Now, it's a little bit different than the slower, softer things that I've been doing up to this point. So I thought there's no... <laughs> yeah, yeah. My fingers haven't played in a long time, so they're nearly bleeding. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, this one will kind of bring us back. Um, and let's just worship together. Amen. Amen. 
Well, I went to the enemy's camp And I took back what he stole from me Took back what he stole from me Took back what he stole from me Oh, well, I went to the enemy's camp And I took back what he stole from me He's under my feet He's under my feet, oh, he's under my feet. He's under my feet, yeah, he's under my feet. He's under my feet, oh, well, now Satan is under my feet. Well, I went to the enemy's camp, and I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me Oh, well, I went to the enemy's camp And I took back what he stole from Come on now He's under my feet He's under my feet Yeah, he's under my feet He's under my feet Oh, he's under my feet He's under my feet Yeah, Satan is under my feet Oh, we're going to get there Oh, can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Come on, somebody. Now, listen, this is something to confess and proclaim in this time that we're in. Can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Huh? We ought to be proclaiming this big time. Are you ready? Can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Oh, he saved me, cleansed me, turned my life around, set my feet upon the higher ground. Can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Should we do it again? Oh, now come on, stand with me. What are you doing sitting around sleeping? Crying out loud. Okay, can you believe? I don't know. I can't even believe what the Lord's done for me. <laughs> oh, can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Can you believe what the Lord has done for me? Yeah, oh, he saved me me and turn my life around set my feet up on the higher ground can you believe what the Lord has done for me all right now what we're gonna do is a little boom chuck a boom chuck a boom chuck a boom you're like what what You can't even do it with the black man standing in front of you? What's the matter? Come on. Right? (laughs) 
them some soul, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. I know how you can help me. Get up here on these drums and grab those reed sticks. And we're going to teach them something tonight. Sit down for a minute, please. We're going to teach you how to clap. And if you can't clap right here, you can't sing, look what the Lord has done for you. I'm just saying. All right. Grab those reed sticks back there and uh, get hooked up. And uh, the, one of the keys to clapping on time <laughs> is listening to the snare drum. And some of you are going, well, it's a snare drum. We're going to teach you that part too. Now, that gets difficult with some of the newer fangled music where the snare is doing a lot of off hits and everything. But when you get back to the own boom, chuck a 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 boom, you can follow the snare pretty good. So Joni's going to grab the reed sticks because they're not nearly as loud as wooden sticks. No, I don't play drums. I just know up here I can do everything that needs to be done back there. I can do it up here. I cannot do it here, though. I don't know how those guys do that. So, Joni, hit that snare, can you? All right, that's the snare. Hit one of the other drums so they can tell the difference. Hit the snare. That's the snare. Grab a wood stick and hit it one time. Maybe you ought to play one hand with the reed and the snare with it. So, Joni, I'm going to get it going, and then I want you to play a little bit, and I want you all to watch him hit the snare because that's where you clap. There shouldn't be any reason to get off key off time now okay all right where's that cameraman give me a cameraman give me a cameraman put that camera over on our drummer over there and zoom it in <laughs> there he is all right you ready going with the snare with the snare oh look what the lord has done come on stand up look what the lord has done he healed my body he touched my mind he saved me just in time oh i'm gonna praise his name each day Praise God. Lord, help us all. Help us all. That was fun. Johnny, thank you so very much. Praise God. Are you happy? Yeah. And I just, you know, I was putting this service together, and this song's been on my mind. Johnny, what, I don't know what, three, well, obviously it's been more than four weeks. Six, seven weeks ago, I said, Johnny, he was sitting up in the sound booth. I said, I just feel it in my spirit. It's time for us to start doing a song that has this. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
There is nothing like having your poor rhythm so exposed, is it? <laughs> Praise God. That was beautiful. It was a wonderful time. But yeah, and just close it out right here. Um, yeah, it's time to go into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen from us. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's time to quit saying, look what 2020 has done to me. And start saying, look what the Lord has done in me. Come on, somebody. We ought to be proclaiming it. We ought to be proclaiming it. We ought to be shouting it. And we ought to be singing it. You're already off. <laughs> that was so good, Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan in the back, you're going, Lord, Lord, help him. Lord, help him. Stand with me. Let me send you out dismiss. I know you're blessed. We had a great time tonight. So good to be back with you and to be back behind the pulpit again. It is also, isn't it a great thing to know that your church is not dependent upon one personality? That's a big deal, y'all. There are some churches that are so personality-oriented oriented, that if that personality were to not be around, they wouldn't even know how to function. This church knows how to function because of great leadership in this church, and we have a bunch of good preachers. Hallelujah. A bunch of good preachers. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for an opportunity to just sing beautiful love songs to you, an opportunity to laugh at our own shortcomings, but also an opportunity to proclaim once again that Jesus is coming for me, an opportunity to reboot, to recalibrate, to know that we have faith and not fear. We do not panic because we pray and we don't worry because we know who we worship. Father, we just give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus and all the church said. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening, all of you online. God bless you too. Thank you for joining with us. We love you. God bless you.